Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is an ABC podcast. Here is a moment in time in the history of the AFL. In from the side, Houghton. She was surrounded by blue jumpers. And the final groundbreakers, history makers. Welcome to the Outer Sanctum for another week. The weeks go by and every week we're a little bit closer to getting footy back. At least that's how I'm looking at it. My name's Tess Armstrong and I'm thrilled to just be out of the house and in the physical presence of my Sanctum sisters. I'll let them introduce themselves. Hi, I'm Rana Hussain. Shelley Ware. And I'm Nicole Hayes. Guys, how are you? Mm, you know, <laughs> such a weighted question though, I know, isn't it? How mm. are you? Uh, it's, how, it's how you ask it that makes it less <laughs> yes. um, polite and more meaningful. I might start off by saying that I have noticed, and I've spoken about this on the pod, but that the role footy played in my life and without it being with me is that it was really an uncomplicated joy. Like it was a it was a freebie at the end of the week because life can be so stressful and like the news which I work in is quite stressful. But football I have always been an eternal optimist in. So even if the tags when we were going quite badly, which was like quite a long time, um I always <laughs> thought it was only because so and so had a tweaked hamstring or whatever had a hamstring as Kate Sear would love. Had a hamstring and then next week he <laughs> won't have the hamstring anymore and therefore we'll win. So I was always yeah. able to look silver lining at next week. I couldn't do anything to control it because other people were kicking the ball, even if I thought my Avan marriage footy card was a good luck charm. Really, it was out of my control. And I quite enjoyed that. And I'm missing that sense of unbridled joy. Yeah, I feel I feel much the same, Tess, that for me, going to the footy was tuning out of everything else and tuning into something really specific. And my, my favourite thing to do at the end of every week was to sit in a crowd and not talk to anyone Yeah, and just like scream or not scream or just be and then eat some chips. Three quarters. <laughs> I'm missing those chips. That's really what I wanted to say and at the end of the day. Five-dollar chocolates. Um, for me, it was always about, like, I agree completely, but there are so few places in the world where you can, like, literally scream at the top of your lungs and not be arrested. And that, you know, and also that, that division of having a result, you know. Mm. I mean, I know we have draws, etc. but ultimately by the end of the, the day or at the end of the season, there is an actual win or lose and hardly anything's that black and white. So just to have that certainty mm. and the definition, I, I miss that. Yeah, I miss the crowds too. I miss all the people and just seeing people that you see every week and just walking through the footy crowd and saying hello to the regular people, you know, like the Carlton cheer squad. <laughs> I'd always pop in and say hello to them. I really miss them and I I um, send my love to them, but I just, I think it's all the people that would always be around you. And I love, love more than anything about football is that people are living their dream. Mm. And I feel like that stopped a little bit, you know, like the people that, things that people have worked their guts out for, Mm. they're missing out on that. So, you know, those first year players, like this is just shattering to see. So I miss all of those things, watching and smiling at all of those good, 
good feel good stories. Have you lot been diving back into the archives? Have you been watching the old games that they've been putting on the tally? <laughs> no, I haven't, but my husband has, and he has been screaming like it's the first time he's watched that game. <laughs> I, I feel like that with close ones, like I, because I, I was watching the preliminary against Port, the 2014 one, um, the other day, and you know I know the outcome because we go on and win the premiership, but <laughs> I'll just slide that, that in. last <laughs> quarter when Port does the the onslaught and the you know five goals in a row, I actually could barely breathe, and it's actually insane yeah. that I, I I believed in it that way. <laughs> I haven't actually watched anything because I I feel like. I'm a bit nervous too because I don't want to feel sad about it, that it's mm. not around. But I've been saving the 2017 grand final for one of those moments where I'm really low and I need yeah. to, I pick up because that was a great day. That's what I was thinking because I said, right, if we're going to be doing this for a while, I'm not whipping out the Premiership DVDs <laughs> in the yeah, first exactly. two weeks. Anyway, Saturday. <laughs> got home from doing this show, straight on the couch, 2019. Five <laughs> And I also got super angry and defensive about people getting cross at Dylan Grimes in the Brisbane final. So I thought, uh, it really just comes straight back to you. Like, it there's does. no. It does, it does. And my husband is doing and reliving all of those Carlton moments. But I drove past your beloved punt oval this morning on the way here, and it literally tore my heart apart. Mm. That was the first time I think I got really sad about AFL because I think we've been too busy sort of trying to cope with how to live with what's happened in our lives. Mm. Has Dusty but picked up his car yet? There was one car. He was a <laughs> there was one car in the car park and I think it was the greenskeeper because that was the only person out there looking after the oval. On Dusty, how quiet has he been though? Like What's he doing? I actually have been thinking, where is Dusty? <laughs> He's a pr- pretty Dusty quiet guy. What's Dusty doing in isolation? He's a pretty he quiet guy, so it doesn't it. surprise me. He might be loving it, to be honest. And also, the, not, the lack of media intrusion because you haven't yes. got anything on, mm. they must be thrilled with that because for the first time you, you, you either get to be who you are. So we mm. see so much Instagram action, which we'll talk about a little bit later in the show, footy players filling the time that they would be training with Instagram vids, which is delightful. But then other people like Dusty can just kind of fly under the radar. My mm. um, nephew is turning four today and he's getting his Dusty cake. He's got the mm. Dusty, he's made a little Dusty jumper. He's got Aww. his Dusty cake. I'm going to FaceTime him later. He's the only one of my nephews and nieces that I've managed to convince to be a tiger. Work. And so he's my fave. Oh. I didn't <laughs> say it. Um, but that's how it has to be. I'm Melissa Hickey and you're listening to The Outer Sanctum. Despite the lack of footy, there's still a bit going on. Shall we roll up our sleeves and mallow, ladies? Absolutely. Yeah, let's do it. Shelley, what's caught your eye? Well, of course, you know, the finance and the fact that the AFL has really just been brought to its knees has been shocking to see such a, a massive corporation um, have this happen. But they've managed to secure a $600 million line of credit. And Gil McLaughlin has said that it will be instant relief for clubs and leagues. What I've liked about it is that the clubs have got together. They've made three working groups and within those groups they're being quite transparent and they're sharing all of their ideas, their um, financial advice to each other and I think that's really important that we're working together at this um, particular time. But the umpires, you know, they've even jumped on board with the um, 70% that is potentially beyond May. They've taken the 50% pay cut. You know, I think everyone's working together to make this happen but Tess, the local VF. VFLW or any VFL teams and clubs, it's a huge concern. One thing in Victoria, our nationwide listeners will fill us in and they'll probably know this, but the statewide leagues in the other states seem to me to be amazing, right? So because there's only there's less AFL clubs, there's a stronger statewide contingent playing, particularly in WA and in and South Australia, and there's more opportunity for players who aren't quite at the 
elite AFL level yet to have a chance to play against like grown women and men, which is often quite difficult to come across if you go in Victoria straight from under 18s from our elite competition for juniors straight into either the AFL or the or the VFL, and that's the first time you might be yeah. playing against senior people. And we saw the first. Real loss in Victoria with the Northern Blues. Yeah. That's no longer going to be a viable affiliate for Carlton in these times, and that's really sad. They're, they've got the most beautiful oval yeah, near the Preston sad. Market on Cramer Street. And so it'll be a real bummer to not see them as part of the, the competition with everybody else at the moment. And who knows what that's going to look like. Hopefully down the track that can be picked up again. But yeah. I just I worry about the, the impact this has on local leagues all over the place just how much they can keep going without the weekly revenue of having games at local ovals all across the country. Yeah, I agree. I'd play for free, though. Me too, yep. if they need it. Yep. That's they won't want it, but they, they might need it. Ever, <laughs> ever to pull my boots on, but I would. I'd pay to see that. Oh, yeah, I was just going to say, I might pay you to get out of there. Uh, it's interesting, isn't it, because we've seen so much protection coming in and around the elite game and yet we can't we haven't really heard heaps around the junior leagues and I guess it's just it it does make me think where to from here and and how invested in was though were those leagues Mm. and how much of it is structured around the AFL so or that the AFL structures it itself and if you think about the challenges some of the um VFLW teams that weren't affiliated um what that's done uh when they were sort of the different uh football the different AFLW teams affiliated with VFLW teams and those that missed out and what a difference that's made to the structure of the competition and even just kind of the spirit of the competition in many ways and I think that's probably the biggest thing that this sort of crisis has exposed is how much of our game which is a community game first and foremost is positioned relative to the elite men's game. And I think that plays out really obviously in the women's competition in the AFLW in the fact that whenever there are questions around financing, we've heard several of the clubs say str- they might struggle to field a women's team. Even the supporters of the, of the AFLW teams have said things like, um, you know, it's a great marketing tool. It's walking away would be a big mistake for the AFL and not because in and of itself, that would be a massive question around equity mm. and real value, the value of the sport. Some were even prepared to say that, um, you know, the team might have to be less professionalised, the AFLW, um, that the quality of the game might be lost, but we still need to keep it. It's still all couched in conversation around its relativity and its value to the men's competition. And I really want to see that shift. Um, It's a very Mm. disappointing component, Mm. even amongst supporters. I've been kind of waiting to see how the industry handles this. And obviously, it's a really tough time for everybody. And I have the benefit of sitting outside of it all. So I don't envy their jobs. But you know, like the CEO committees that you mentioned, Shelley, they're the ones kind of in charge of looking forward. And and that was potentially an opportunity to diversify who's in the room and bring in different thinking around all the different working groups. So there's financial, there's junior leagues, there's membership. And if it's just the CEO's having those conversations I'm sure they're getting advice but just to me would have been a clear opportunity to do things a little bit differently and 
I'd love to see them do that. Well, we don't know what whether they will do that. Yeah. And that's one of the interesting things. I mean, over time we've talked about how there can be really negatives with all community football having to be affiliated under the AFL umbrella. However, in times like this where the world faces an un, mm. you know an unexpected crisis, you really realise how important that safety net is, mm-hmm. that there is a pool of money and there is a group of people who I know at the heart they do understand that the footy world doesn't exist without the community, without the community game, without the local leagues. It's not a thing because, as we've discussed several times, footy isn't at risk. The AFL is at risk at the moment. Footy is a game that you you lot and I could go out in the park in, in the future mm. and kick the ball to each other. Mm-hmm. Pretty good, Shelley. We, yeah, I reckon yeah. we'd get a go. <laughs> get but a go. we could continue playing footy forever, but the footy as we know it might change. So that is the issue that we have, what footy might look like going forward, but we can only hope that they make the, the decisions for the community and they make the decisions for, for the importance of, you know, what we see as important, which is that the game continues and lots of different people have access to that game. That's all we can hope that they do and we have to kind of sit Absolutely. back and watch. I guess my question mm. is how do how do other voices give their opinions in this moment and is that even should that even be happening? Like, I mean, how do other voices from the outer of the whole industry kind of rise up in this moment? And help shape the future yeah. in a more direct way rather than being an addition that's come in along the mm. way after yeah. an, an, uh, the entity was already largely established. And do we want the same? Do we want to have a version of the same? Or do we want something really different? And, and are there people up, out there in a position of power to influence and shape what happens going forward? Are there people asking that question or is it just taken as for granted that they want a version of what already existed? That will be very, very interesting, but I, I think they can't do what existed before because it hasn't worked in this time of crisis. So they're going to need to reassess everything. Yeah. There's a, there was a great article um, by Aaron Darty Roy. Um, I think it was in the Financial Times, the Indian Finan- Financial Times. Um, there is, we'll put a link to it mm. on the show notes. But uh, it was called The Pandemic is a Portal. And just one little bit from it. She said that historically, pandemics have forced humans to break with the past and imagine their world anew. This one is no different. It's a portal, a gateway between one world and the next. We can choose to walk through it, dragging the carcasses of our prejudice and hatred, our avarice, our data banks and dead ideas, our dead rivers and smoky skies behind us. Or we can walk through lightly with little luggage, ready to imagine another world and ready to fight for it. And I, I know that that's pretty heavy going for like football, but I think in many aspects of life, this is something we need to think about. Maybe we don't want things the way they were yeah. again. I think for so many industries and just in our own lives, this is a moment of reset. So mm. I'm just fascinated to see what, where footy goes with it. Absolutely. Well, as some things, lots of things are changing, but a lot stays the same. And one of those things is our delightful Outer Sanctum community saying hi to us over, over virtually saying hi. A couple of them, we played a couple of, on last week's show, and please do keep getting in touch with us. However you record yourself, I like to think that I'm technically capable and I can turn it into something. <laughs> so just get it to us in some way and we will get your voice on the pod. So right now, shall we check in with Diane Kim? Yes. G'day, Kim. How are you? I'm doing real well, Di. How are you? Missing you and the girls? I really miss my footy ladies Um, and just being at the game and enjoying that. How are you coping with all this social isolation? I know you're working from home. Works okay now that I've got all my computer whiz-bangery set up. Um, Yeah, just the weekends are kind of um, interesting. There's no footy to go to, no footy to watch. Um, I'm still pretending it's January, though. 
and I've got a countdown on my days until till um, 31st of May when we might be able to resume again, although it'll probably be a bit longer than that. I'm a bit the same. I'm just in, a bit in denial, just pretending it's the pre-season and thinking maybe I'll pull out a, you know, a good game now, now and then, but I haven't done it yet. I'm depending on my Jane Austens and old movies. And the jigsaw puzzles. Hey, we could take some of our lions, um, many photos that we've got and turn them into jigsaw puzzles. That would be one thing we could do. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah I just looking forward to um, it all starting again and this will be a memory. And I'm thinking that we may need to move in with Julie for a couple of weeks later in the year because they may cram the games in in a, maybe one venue. We might have a whole bunch to go see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's a good thing to look forward to. Will you take Go care, Dad? Yeah. Go, Go the Lions, yeah, and keep safe, everyone. Well, you know, with every week, gang, when there's not footy, I feel a bit sad, but then I remember positivity. It's one week closer to the next AFLW season and one week closer to seeing one of our absolute favourite players back on the field. And we've have we got a silver lining for people? Chelsea Randall, we hear rumours that she's running again. Chelsea Randall... Co-captain of the Adelaide Crows, AFLW superstar, can you confirm or deny you're back on the track? Hello, how are you all? <laughs> good, hello, <laughs> good. That's the way. Yes, I am. I'm back uh, back running and when you say on the track, it's, it's just straight line running kind of <laughs> at the moment. So it's uh, still a bit of a way to go, but yeah, enjoying um, getting moving a little bit faster than that walking pace. <laughs> Hi, it's Shelley here. Now, I saw that selfie running video, the pure joy in the Instagram video. What was that? It was joy for us to watch, but how did you feel in that first run? Yeah, it was um, It was pretty incredible. Like, you know, with all this isolation kind of stuff, It's. I was like, oh, no one's here to capture this. So, all stuff, I'm just going to take a selfie. And I'm just like, and there's some people doing some gym work, like, across the other side of the park. I said they were looking over at me, and I'm just like, Yeah! <laughs> And, uh, it was a great feeling and, um, yeah, good to be kind of moving around again. Chelsea Snick here. It feels like a million years ago, but it wasn't that long ago that the AFLW season was brought to a rather premature end. Um, how are things at the Crows in the wake of that? It's, yeah, crazy times, isn't it? And I can't believe under unprecedented kind of times, it's, we obviously, the, the competition had to had to stop so so suddenly. But, yeah, like at the Crows, it's, it's very much probably like every AFL club. Like I work at the footy club as well in our high performance and uh, running all our academies for 14 to 16 year olds. And uh, yeah, I mean, my roles and many other roles have been stood down. So it um, is really unfortunate for a lot of people out there at the moment. But lucky, lucky I've got rehab to keep me busy at the moment. <laughs> but um, it's a, a bizarre feeling. But we're trying to keep in contact with one another via, you know, Facebook and touch and base with each other um, through social media, which is great. Chelsea, it's Rana here. I also am at the Richmond Footy Club and have been stood down as well, so I so understand how you must be feeling. (laughs) Can you take us into what has been happening at the club, what it looks like now? To be fair, I don't know uh, a hell of a lot. So just the fact that there's probably about 80% of our staffing has been stood down, probably a little bit like Richmond as well, Rani, with you guys. It, you know, they're just running off a, a skeleton skip staff. And, you know, I think the boys are, are kind of due back, uh, hopefully in kind of May. But we'll just, you know, you just can't predict that because it, it might be pushed back as well, just depending on this whole coronavirus circumstance. Oh, it's um, it's quite shocking and it's been really difficult to live with. But, you know, we're just mm-hmm. wondering, how is everyone keeping in touch? 
Yeah, so, I mean, we have a Facebook group and um, we text one another. We've kind of got a, a bit of a, a buddy system so that everyone, you know, ensures that we're checking in on one another. And some people are a bit like me where they've been stood down from their roles and others, you know, um, are probably the busiest they've ever been, being doctors and nurses mm. and paramedics and that. So when in the scheme of things, like, yeah, I think we're really fortunate to live in a country like Australia where we do have support from government like in that stimulus package and I know my friend my best friend who was living in Africa in Namibia she said it's just there'd just be nothing like there so mm. um you know we're quite lucky in that sense that there is you know that they're providing that but Absolutely. and other people out there with you know that are going through funerals and can't even bring their families together to grieve it's just you know on the scheme of things um, yeah, there's definitely worse people off. Mm, absolutely. Our pod sisters are going through that at the moment with the passing of their dear friend, Cara. Charles, I wanted to ask you, we've seen on the tally that they're playing old games of footy and that's brought a lot of comfort for a lot of people. I'm interested in, is there a game that you'd love to replay that you played in? Um, <laughs> yeah. Play any chance? Yeah. There'd probably be two, I'd say. Um, <laughs> I wonder which ones. <laughs> I don't know. You guys guess, but um, I think you might be on the money. It's the, the 2017 grand final <laughs> and uh, 2019 grand final. I think they're ones I'd love to replay. But the first one in 2017 was obviously really quite unimaginable, really, because our little Adelaide team, um, half of us, uh, were training and living in Darwin and the other half mm. of us were in South Australia. And I think just the whole concept of trying to bring a team together and you rock up on game day, not having trained with one another for the whole week um, and then play a game of footy. And yeah, to win that one was, was pretty surreal and just proved, a lot, I think, a lot of people and um, clubs wrong. And then, so that was, yeah, really exciting for us and our players and our club. And then, yeah, 2019, wow, I mean, 53,000 people at Adelaide Oval. Uh, you know, it's just a completely different world, you know, last year compared to this year, isn't it? But I really do feel for those clubs um, this year that were, you know, really successful. I mean, you know, those clubs were doing really well, like Frio and North Melbourne and those types of clubs there, you know. Yeah, I feel really, you know, heartbroken for those guys. Chelsea, we did mention before how much we're looking forward to having you back on the field next year and whenever we get back to footy, which is going to be a good time. But you mm. were still involved heavily this year. How did you grow in, a, in your role as, as a leader without playing? Yeah, I, I think you feel like I'd, um, I discovered different skill sets that I'd had that um, maybe I didn't feel confident in previously and uh, you know things like doing workshops and um, leadership presentations and stuff like that that I was actually I really enjoyed running and for our girls and yeah found I guess a, a different skill set than just other than just playing um, you know football. Chelsea on that the leadership question in uh, this situation which literally none of us have ever experienced before <laughs> do you feel the sort of the weight of leadership in trying to keep everybody together or is it sort of happening organically anyway? What What's your role in this, do you think? Everyone has to play a role in it. It's not up to just one person. Um, and when you do leave it to one person, uh, it can be really challenging and you need people to buy in. So having people on board and, and doing little things together and, you know, is really important. Via, like even FaceTiming or having the house party app is pretty cool. So, <laughs> <It> is. <laughs> so yeah, doing a few things like that I think is really important. But 
it's important that it's not also just one person driving it and that if another player has an idea that, you know, people support it and, and jump on board and, you know, make sure that they feel really empowered and um, ready to, you know, add value as well. Talking about challenges, we're loving the housemate challenge, the hallway <laughs> challenge on Instagram with Nene, MJ and Chelsea. Can we yeah, see more? Yeah, no, that was good fun. We actually got really competitive. I thought I was oh, going to get uh, a hole in the other door, actually, by some of the kicks. I was like, go easy. Can we uh, see more of that? Uh, yeah, well, I um, keep saying to the guys, well, actually, the whole concept behind it was that some kids obviously being homeschooled and I thought wow wouldn't this be cool if we just did some housemate challenges and um, you know parents could kind of just go oh, look we're just going to do a housemate challenge and here's something and one, the next one I wanted to do was footy bingo I don't know if you guys have heard of it have you? <laughs> no. no well it's basically like say if you've got two people um, if you say two goals and three points then you have to say your name like Chelsea and then I go to you I handball you the ball you give me the answer you say, oh, that's 15 points. I go, correct. Cool. Oh, yeah. Love so that. It's actually adding maths into the equation. and awesome. um, Yeah, so you can kind of have some fun with it. But I kind of tried to do it with the housemates on the couch. Anyway, they didn't really kind of get my game. <laughs> they got we really bored of it. <laughs> and they told me to go put the dogs outside. And so I got, went and put the dogs outside. And in between me walking the dogs outside, they jumped in their car and went off and oh. left me at home oh, and bought ice cream <laughs> and then came back and said, no, we just felt like ice cream. We didn't want to play your game anymore. So oh, like, oh. oh, well, you've always got us, Chelsea. Yeah. We're up for your Thanks, games. Guys. And okay. speaking of the dogs, I recently got a little puppy myself and I noticed that you oh. have a new puppy. Can oh, we chat for like a few minutes about <laughs> how you're keeping a puppy entertained in this weird world where they can't meet other dogs and like go out of the world? Are you finding it hard? Well, um, I don't know. What kind of puppy have you got? I got a Labradoodle. He's brown with a little um, distinguished oh, white patch. Who, who oh did you get? God, adorable. I've got a Coolie Cross Kelpie, and I didn't even know what a Coolie was. I thought when a per- when my mate sent me, she said, it's a Coolie, and I was like, I thought she just spelt it like, oh, Coolio, like Coolie, like, like wrong. And I was like, why don't you spell it with a K? Like, that's just weird anyway, whatever. And I was, then I was like, oh, that's actually a breed. Okay. They're so <laughs> it's like cute. like an Australian Shepherd or something. Um, but I don't quite mind, actually. It's, it, I think it's the best time for people to be getting yeah. puppies because you're in isolation, just spending all your time just Googling puppy training. and Oh, yeah. Um, different things that you can do with him. And plus, he can't kind of go out of the house until he gets his third vaccination. So I've still got another couple of weeks Same. anyway. So I'm one week well? away. I can't, oh. I'm just like, I want to take you out on the town, but only <laughs> to a short, essential walk on the town. So that'll be fine, shall we? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Love it. Absolutely. Now, one of the beautiful things, Chelsea, we've seen is how generous everyone has been on social media, sharing themselves. Mm. What has been one of your favourite AFLW social shares so far? Oh, gee whiz. I think um, I actually really did love how Collingwood were yeah. doing their toilet paper, you know, um, concept of bringing people together. And, you know, and even uh, Frio did like a, a little dancing kind of thing together. So, yeah, I mean, we're actually, we're building something as a pros. We, we want to make sure all the players actually feel really comfortable and they're happy for it to go on social media. And if one person wouldn't like it, then we'll keep it in our inner sanctum. But hopefully... 
Um, yeah, we, we might be able to show you guys a bit of something coming in. Stay tuned. I know. Look out. I'm going to be hawking on the Instagram just to <laughs> play it out. Chelsea, thanks so much for giving us your time. We really can't, cannot wait to see you back playing footy. Go thanks, home so. to that puppy and, in, you know, in, make the most of isolation with your lovely housemates who should play your games and all of that. And uh, we'll see you in 2021. Good on you guys. All the best, hey. Take care. Oh, how much do we love Chelsea Randall? Mm. That is why oh. we always say that you would rather be, if you are going to be stranded on a desert island, you'd want her on the island. Yep. She's such a good leader. Love. She is. Did we, were we going to talk about a dinner party? What are we going to talk about? Well, no, no. What lockdown. was our idea? Okay, so there's a meme going around on socials uh, where people choose their five people that they want to be in lockdown with. And we thought we'd give it a footy flavour. And Rana, I think, was it? Rana or Shelley who suggested we go, we, we can they can be dead Doesn't or alive. Matter. I thought it was a um, <laughs> hypothetical dinner party, but I think that I, I eat dinner about 12 times a day in lockdown, so this is fine. It'll work for me. Who wants so, to go kick it off? All right, I'll start off. I've got Darcy Vessio. Okay, I think we just take Darcy as a, as a given for everyone. We have to take yeah. her out of the equation. Yeah, she has kept us going on those socials with her little films. So Darcy has to be there because she's absolutely hysterical for all of us. And one of my favourites is Neville Jeddah because he is the kindest AFLM player and he always knows how to keep perspective on things. So I think mm. he would keep perspective mm, in my house. And Eddie Betts, because I'd like to practice my kick shots while I'm in there. Give me something to do. And Chelsea Randall, because I would never leave you for ice cream. I'm going to keep you in my house safe. (laughs) (laughs) And believe this one or believe it not, Damien Barrett is going to be at my house because... He has the finger on the pulse of what's happening in AFLM <laughs> and he can keep us updated in the corner <laughs> every 30 minutes. You would get breaking news and then you could tell us. That's right. I'm happy for you to have him. That's Thank fine. It you. works for all of and us. And I like him. He's a nice but he, man. But he can only talk every 30 minutes. <laughs> every 30 minutes. You I crossed to him. I crossed yep. to Damien. He's got a spot. He's safe spot. <laughs> and he's going to tell us all about what's happening in <laughs> AFLM. <laughs> That's a really, I mean, they're all going to be, but that's an odd collection of people. I love it. Great party. Fabulous. Thank you. (laughs) We'll have fun. Rana? I went a bit obscure. So we were talking about it um, that we could pick anyone in history in the footy world. So I've got a few different ones. (laughs) Changing the rules. Very confusing. (laughs) Historic dinner party slash lockdown. I've also also got my um, teenage footy crushes on a separate list. Oh, nice. I've made a few, but the the one I've whittled it down. I'll start with Jim Steins. I would love to have a chat to Jim Steins, just pick his brain Mm. on his footy days, but also his playing days, but also um, his time at the club as an administrator. Really curious about some of his leadership. So I would um, have a chat to Jim Steins. I also have, now this is, I don't know who this (laughs) is, but an original Marnbrook player. Wow. Someone who played Marnbrook back in the day, who could tell me what their life was like, how oh. they played the game, what they how they made the possum skin balls. I just I would love mm. to have them in my lockdown with me. So yes. like I said, bit obscure, but that's mm. I'm desperate like to know what the game looks under. like. Mm. Uh Jack Dyer, for obvious oh, reasons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Adam Goods. And then I realised I've got all blokes and I need <laughs> <laughs> a woman with me, so I've gone Callie Underwood because I feel like she'd um, steer the conversation really well. She Absolutely. Would. She's good company too, she so she'd updates. be a firecracker actually. She is a firecracker. In your house? Yep. Oh, gosh. You know, as you've been talking, I keep changing, crossing people. 
because I, I had Chelsea Randall as well because I just think she's got some great stories. But, Wonderful. You know, and so I also stayed with the Crows there. Beck Goddard, one, fascinates me too. I love that she had a book club for the Crows players and made them do it as part of their training. Darcy Vessio is the, the given, isn't she? Um, I went with Alan Jeans. Mm. I, he doesn't mm. talk a lot, so I think that would be quite useful. But when he does speak... <laughs> Like, you know, when you need quiet time. Yes. yes. But when he does speak, he has he did have extraordinary wisdom and, you know, an ability to communicate in a very efficient way. Um, plus, what he did with the Hawks in the 80s is just really, I don't know that there are many other coaches have managed to accomplish that level. And I went with Glenn James, the umpire oh, from the Glenn. 80s. Yeah. I just think as being an Indigenous um, man in that space, an umpire, which is already a hated kind of breed as it is sorry Stefan Grun out there our mate Um, but he knows this as much as anybody but also just the extraordinary experience of being the sort of hate and vitriol um, but also just the opportunity and what it would have meant to him I think he'd be a fascinating person to talk to Um, and Shelley you have probably met him so you would know that he is a fascinating man he's a beautiful man lots of stories to tell so I'd love Mm. to hear from him too that rounds me out they're good you like they're good all right well first of all I might add that I thought we were all just having dinner together and now this seems, feels complicated, <laughs> thinking I'm going to be in the same house as these people for quite a long time. Anyway, mm. it's been a roller coaster. First of all, Peggy O'Neill. One, she'd be she's very good company and I feel like she has good taste so she would bring good things to the lockdown for us to all enjoy for the period of time. But also separately, she'd be able to turn around a dodgy ship. Like if we all kind yes. of went off course, Absolutely. I feel like she's the exact type person who would pull us into line and get us back on track. Totally. So her for sure. Jack Rewell, because I just like he's my favourite player. I feel like he'd be quite fun and maybe, you know. He'd be a a bit of a hog on the mic. You sure about that one? (laughs) Yeah, I need someone to pull me into line. You know this, Shelley. Otherwise, it'll just be me talking for six months and that could go (laughs) really south. Sam Mostyn would be Mm, also there. She's one of our favourites. And also, I feel like she'd just be able to show me the way of the world and I'd be able to learn from her how to be... How to be more like Sam Mostyn is probably my life plan. So that's what I'd do. Trent Cotchen. My favourite captain, yeah. I think the best captain Richmond's ever had. Also, he reads a lot of inspirational stuff, and I'm not really an inspirational person. Um, well, I'm an inspirational you are person. An inspiration. You are an inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't engage in a lot of inspirational things, and so I feel like he'd be quite good because he would bring them to the table. Like he would it. talk to Ben Crow, and then I would talk to Trent, and then I would get some good gear and Brene Brown, you know, yeah. like I could get it second yeah, hand. It works. So yeah. I think it works. And my Two last one would be my dad, Paul Armstrong. Played for a long time, was in footy for a long time, but also is the best um, leader in my life. So I would have him in my house because he'd look after me. He sure would. And he also is a really good gateway to all the actual footy talk. He knows footy so well, I'd be able to be like, what should I say? And he would tell me what to say. Love. Yep. That's that's who I'd have. That's a good crew. I like it. I like it a lot. That's a great crew. We'll have to um, house party all our crews together. (laughs) Yeah. We need to see what our listeners are thinking, actually. It'd be great if they yes. could get on socials mm. and tell us their oh, top love five. That. One of the joys um, of not having any footy is that we get to do something we might have wanted to do for quite a long time, which is just chat about stuff we've been watching and reading and things like that and call it a fun footy title the fifth quarter. Nicole Hayes, this is your brainwave. <laughs> Kick us off. Well, you know me, any excuse to combine my two loves of books and footy. And we are going to start. You are the inaugural guest, by the way. Our guests here are Mike Hyde, author of more than 12 books for middle grade and young adults, and debut author Gabrielle Glowry, former teacher and education specialist. 
they've collaborated on this Choose Your Own Adventure book for kids, <laughs> Girls Change the Game. The first question I have to ask you guys is, how are you doing? We're coping with uh, COVID-19 and all, all that means, but luckily we're out in the middle of the bush, so we haven't got the same stresses I would think as other people in the city have. Yeah, that it certainly helps a lot, um, although get, <laughs> perhaps getting a bit stir crazy, I don't know about you, but yeah. I think the first thing you need to clear up for all of us is uh, you two know each other quite well. We've been married that. for 30 years. You've been married for 30 years? Mm-hmm. Happily. <laughs> <laughs> Even after writing a book together? Uh, I, I think that we work extremely well in production and every now and then during the editing process, we would, we, we would you know, sit away from each other for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, it's Shelley here. What drove you both to want to write about a girls' footy team? I think um, being passionate sports fans and um, my personal beliefs in um, the power of girls and obviously the upsurge in um, girls um, playing football, you know, we just saw that as a fan fantastic change in the sport, sporting world and obviously um, we'd previously written books about boys teams so we saw it as a great opportunity mm. to really get in and celebrate the whole fact that um, Aussie Rules for Girls was uh, taking off. Congratulations on the book. Can you tell us a bit about the story? Many years ago uh, we wrote a, a series called Change the Game and it was on footy, soccer and uh, basketball. Now, then the global financial crisis came along, and now the COVID crisis came along. <laughs> so the story evolved as we went and started to interview. Uh, we've got a great niece who's uh, playing over in Ivanhoe, played for a number of years. We've got a nephew who's the runner for one of the clubs. Um, we interviewed another family friend who played out in the western suburbs and one of the leading players. We interviewed another young girl uh, out in um, the Diamond Valley. It's slowly, slowly evolved. Each book is one is one game. So the book takes you through from the beginning to the end of the game. It's a choose-your-own-adventure and there's a possibility that there's eight outcomes and depending on what decision points you take, it, it determines whether or not the Scorpions win or lose that one match. And every footy game to me feels like a choose-your-own-adventure, so it's a very fun way of actually portraying our great game. You you two said before you're living in a peaceful environment out in the bush. Is that, to you, the best place to start writing a book? I always think people say, oh, you know, I'll take myself off to, a, off to Bali to write a book. You feel like you already have your Bali. <laughs> <laughs> I've been writing for YA and young kids um, for over 30 years. So I've written it under extreme uh, conditions uh, and also under peaceful conditions. So it didn't really, really matter. I finished off a novel last year by living here. So we found it easier to also compile information too. We like we, we, we gathered how many passages that intrigued us and then we'd look at that passage of play and write down our commentary. Mm-hmm. So uh, then we have this vault passages of play where we kind of go in and say, right, oh, now that's appropriate, we can take that passage of play and block mm. it into the book. So one of the real benefits of writing that particular book out here is that we're on three acres, of which half of it is mowed beautifully. So every time we needed to take a break, we could 
get out on the paddock and, and boot, boot around and, and have a bit of a kick, kick session. So love that it. was pretty fun as well. Oh, that sounds delightful. I love footy. Oh, Gabriel kicks the football way better than I can. Uh, <laughs> okay, Gabriel. Oh, I love it. Uh, I, have to thank, I have to thank my dad for that from and um, my brothers for years and years of, you know, kick to kick in the backyard many, many years ago. So many girls like you out there as well. Uh, I'm interested in uh, the choose-your-own-adventure genre. I've always loved it since I was a little kid. And I'm just so fascinated how you plot that out or how does that work? Have you got red string all over your walls and post-its up? What, how, does it, how does that work? Uh, when I first wrote the series, Change the Game series years ago, publishers hardly grand said, hey, 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 you've only got four wins, four losses. <laughs> uh, you, that's, a bit, that's a bit tough. You've got to have five wins and three losses. I said, all right, okay. So then what we do is that we go through and we work out a tree in terms of the kinds of decisions and intriguing decisions that are made uh, during the course of a normal game. Things emerge as you write. So we might change the tree because as we're writing it, uh, something new comes up or something intriguing. It's a fascinating uh, process. They're actually extremely difficult to write. You have to worry about who's injured, uh, what the weather's like, whether it's windy. um... So you could probably coach a footy team now, really. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. No, no. No, no. Certainly not good enough for that. You know, as a writer, you tend to uh, write character-driven stories because I'm scared of plot. That actually does my head in. So props to you guys because that really, I actually am very intimidated by the concept of mapping out alternative options. But on that, Mike, we met a million years ago when my first book came out and you're uh, footy dreaming and I think we did a sports panel or a footy books panel together. You keep coming back to writing about sport, even though you've written about other things. What is it about the combination of fiction and, and, well, not just footy, but sport generally that um, appeals to you? Look, I've been interested in sport for years and I'm hopeless at everything, except maybe um, paddling a canoe and kayak. But the intriguing thing is also it's it's about sport is that I think that it's often put down as just something for, uh, for jocks. And as far as fiction goes, it's just slipped into all my novels, but I love the underlying, almost mysterious ways that the human body and the human psyche operates when they're, when they're uh, playing sport. Thank you both so much. Stay well. And thanks for being Stay our well. inaugural fifth quarter guests. Yeah. <laughs> Stay safe and stay well as well. This is our greatest chance to talk about the stuff we've been watching on the telly. Yes. But one of the issues I find is that I am still studying law. So my life hasn't really changed very much because, of course, I'm still working in my normal job and studying law, which is quite complicated. I'm meant to be writing a family law assignment right now, but I'm not. I'm here talking with you, which is much more fun. And one of the things that I find with law is that I can't quite read meaty books at the moment because all of the content that is in my head is quite complicated so I just whirl through old Agatha Christie's like there's nobody no tomorrow and also when I'm watching things I tend to watch things that are comforting so I've started Veronica Mars which I'd never watched before but people have told me I would love and it's like an Agatha Christie but from the 2010 era which was my time to shine and so I'm feeling really into it and absolutely loving it and another thing I discovered this week with my friends is Netflix party a chrome extension have any of you heard of this no, no. but i'm loving this i need to hear all about okay. it okay 
So for people on the internet, if you have Netflix, you can get an extension on your internet page. Isn't that the worst? Isn't that the worst tech talk you've ever heard in your life? Anyway, Chrome or Mozilla, I think. You can download this thing and you can all watch the same Netflix thing at the same time as your friends. There's a chat bar on the right-hand side of the screen, so it's like you're watching with each other. So we've been doing that. A lot of my friends and I have a a regular movie night and we go to see actual movies on Tuesday nights and we haven't been able to do that, obviously. So we've started watching things together on Netflix and we've chosen some absolute shockers. We watched (laughs) Tropic Thunder, which was uh, we watched Team America, which was terrible but pretty funny. And then last night we watched Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery, and I have no regrets. It is so funny. <laughs> it's Another. way better if they're bad films, though, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. That made me happy. What? Who wants to go next? Who to, have you been watching? Oh, yeah, go. I just think that you made up that law degree to justify <laughs> your... <laughs> hey, you know what, what I really want to do? I, yeah, that's right. I'm going to have to take on a super complex thing in my life just so that I'm allowed to watch Veronica Mars. I mean, it was a bold strategy, but I've done it. <laughs> It. <laughs> I've been watching a few different things, but one thing I actually wanted to talk about, which isn't a TV show at all, but I have been doing and it's really uh, boosted my energy levels. So I've been walking a lot, but after a while, like it's a little bit boring. So what I've been doing is, um, maybe I should film this. I've been um, strutting. <laughs> While I walk, while I please go film it, um, please, yes, film please it. film it. Oh so you have your music in your ears, and when the right song comes on, you just start to do your catwalk, and you just keep it going, no matter who's around you. Because now I don't care. Like COVID has just meant that now I don't care about anything, and it's just made my walking like I now look forward to it. Because it's just a performative element and it gets me out of my head. It's and it's, I, it's my new favourite thing to do. So I recommend. Oh, my God. Please, you please face must. What is that Instagram live that? Is yeah. that what you taught us yeah. today? No, I just added myself. But, um, yeah, so and look, onlookers are either either love it or very concerned for me. But it's. Um, <laughs> I love it. That would be the thing they talk about. They go home to their yes, houses back exactly. in isolation and they'll have a whole day about it. But um, in terms of podcasts, Surprisingly, I do listen to other podcasts. No. Um, Are there other podcasts? (laughs) I've been listening to Script Notes. The lovely Lucy Race reminded me of it and so I've jumped back in and I'm currently on the Frozen episode and my daughter and I watch Frozen at least once a day at the moment. So it's just such a good podcast about uh, script writing and um, takes you through the writing process, but it's really brilliant and I highly recommend. Yeah, it's John August and Craig Mazin do it. Um, it's a freebie. They've been they're up to for like four hundred and something mm, wow. episodes. That's I, fun. Yeah, I use it as a teaching tool. They are actual gold um, and delightful human beings too. Like Tess, I am also working still. It's a really interesting thing because I have to do everything that I used to do in real life, or at least some of it. Mm online now and so I am but I've lost some gigs as well along the way so I've actually got more work and less income which is a fun (laughs) juggle to make Um, way more work actually and and shout out to all the teachers out there who are about to go online for all of the term because I feel your pain I've been doing this for the last few weeks and it's way more intense to be teaching online than being in a classroom you just have to work harder um, and the focus is really full on so you know I'm hearing you I'm feeling you I'm seeing you so I've been reading quite a bit I'm gonna say 
that I went back and made an attempt on Wolf Hall. I was actually going to say I'm reading Wolf Hall without the made attempt bit because I wanted people to think I'm way more impressive than I am. Love but um, I got about 20 pages in. I'm like, yeah, no, this isn't happening right now. So I indulged my Elizabeth Strout Ooh. obsession. She is fabulous. Anyone who read Olive Kittredge or went back and did Oliver Ge- uh, Oliver Gens, the follow-up to that. It's a great TV series too, by the way, with mm. Frances McDormand. Um, but I am finding her back catalogue and I'm just going through them all um, and it's there's quite a few books still to go so that's been great and for my first time ever I'm reading pure crime um, Karen Slaughter who is like it's a really great name for a crime writer yeah. right now, right? perfect um, and it's and it's also feeding off because I just streamlined the whole or you know what is, what is it when you I just binged binged <laughs> I'm good at this word thing mm. um, I just binged Ozark season three. Uh, I've never started that. <sighs> no, neither. So Should I start it? Yes. All right. Okay. All but right, Rana, I will if you will. Yeah, it's really good. Netflix party, party. together. Party. <laughs> I like that. Well, I'm actually one of those teachers that starts back next Tuesday online. The kids start back Wednesday, I think. I'm preparing myself for that. But in between pretending that I'm actually cleaning my house... <laughs> I have been doing a show of my own, Where To Now, on Facebook, literally just because I'm a workaholic and um, <laughs> I've been a little bit lost there. So I It's just, delightful, you know, it everyone, is. by the way. Sorry, to mean to jump in. It's oh, fabulous. Thank you, darling. I just like sharing stories and that's what I've really missed, the people and sharing the stories. But like I said, I've also been pretending to clean my house. But one of the things that I have <laughs> loved... My husband will agree. His head probably shook off his shoulders right then. But I've loved is that Mitch Tambo, who we saw on the Australia's Got Talent. He is a gorgeous, gorgeous soul and he has so much to offer the world and it's just fantastic. He's actually started an Instagram live chat show. So I watched my first episode of that. So it's just started and I think he's going to put it on. seems to be about 7.30, 7, 8.30 at night. He's doing that. It's because the music industry and the art industry has taken such a hit and, I mean, we're a part of that. I do a lot of MC work, but that's not anywhere near what the industry of music and arts has taken um, at the hit. So he has got all these artists on and he's going to be interviewing them and sharing what they're doing and, and still oh. making them a part of our everyday lives. So I'm looking forward to seeing where Mitch Tambo's show goes. And it's actually called Tambo Talk. Oh, that's awesome. Is, yeah, nice. so that's I've got to cool. say, God bless Insta Live because oh, no. <laughs> all, everyone's just been jumping on and having great conversations or performing it's really it's giving me life at the moment i will mm. never get over mitch tambo's you're the voice cover oh, never. it's the most beautiful never. thing have you I've heard how do i not know this thing? <gasps> i'm going to end the show with that it today is it absolutely. is unbelievable it he is sings, beautiful he sings in language and it's just seriously it just chills through your body like you, i had the pleasure of hearing him sing um sing that live at the oh, spirit wow. festival just mm. recently and oh. seriously, I, it, I had to stop filming and just enjoy the moment totally. because it was just, it just went through every ounce oh, of wow. everything about me. He is such a talent and he is a gift. He really is a gift, Mitch Tambo. Seems like a good time to cross to the our correspondent, I would say, in the States. One, Brian Barish is saying g'day. Him is Brian Barish. I live in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, USA. Um... The last few weeks have been pretty up and down from a personal and from a footy sense. Um, This is all happening about two and a half months before my wife and I are expecting our first child. 
From an Aussie rule standpoint, it's been very interesting because about two weeks ago, the AFL and AFLW decided that they were going to play round one. And the networks here decided that they were going to put uh, a bunch of games on a sports channel. Well, 90% of America got. So it's a shame that it happened under such dour circumstances. And it's a shame that uh, it's happened uh, so quickly. But it happened. And we have a lot of people who now have had their tastes of and who wants to stick with it, either as a fan or hopefully to be involved with it at the local level here in the USAFL. Before we head off, I mean, one thing that's been keeping me going, as I mentioned earlier in the show, is watching what footy players are doing in isolation because I'm quite used to being lethargic and watching telly all the time. They're really not, so they're trying to be quite productive. One of my favourites is Cara and Ebony Antonio are doing a series on Instagram called Keeping Up With The Antonios where they tell us what they're up to. Completely delightful. So get online. You'll have to also watch Cara um, Antonio do the most exercise I've ever seen a human do (laughs) inside her house. So um, once you get through that and feel inspired and also get through to them, them talking on the couch, that's my happy place talking to people on the couch. So check Keeping Up With The Antonios out on Insta. Love that. On the housemate challenge, there's also a backyard challenge that AFLW players are doing. And the Outer Sanctum, guys, we've been tagged in oh, Sam no. Virgo's challenge oh, that involves a football oh. and a, a clothesline um, and some pretty impressive kicking that we're not really probably up for, but we've been tagged. So, <laughs> Sorry, what, what happens it? with the clothesline? Oh, it, yeah. look, there's a, it's behind her and she kicks it and it lands on it and makes it spin. Did she tag How hard could she And this is Sam Virgo, who's the co-captain of the Gold Coast. So We're going like, to have to do it. I think we do need we to do it. Do we all have to do it? Can we get vo- nominate for Julia? Julia. <laughs> Julia, are you listening? <laughs> Got you, Julia. That's it. You're tagged. We're tagging Julia, living our best lives. <laughs> so what's caught my eye, and I think everybody's, was when an Essendon Football Club member called up and they were in a financial situation that had been changed at by COVID-19, where they were told not to worry because a player was going to pick it up. And that was Michael Hurley. He just showed a real connection to community, his members and the club that he loves. So that caught my eye and my heart. So beautiful. There's an ad on Instagram for the shoes with the tick. (laughs) And uh, they've taken all the footage of athletes, all AFL athletes, exercising at home and put it together and it's just the most beautiful ad like it actually made me tear up weirdly but also felt really inspired to get up and do some exercise as well so I reckon just find that. Nick before we head off as well one of our own sanctum had a very successful week can you tell us about that? Yeah the lovely Kate Sear who we're missing dearly uh, just in her spare time wrote a book that we might might want to check out it's Law Drugs and the Making of Addiction not only did she launch that a few weeks ago it has also been the winner of the SLSA Theory and History Book Prize. This is an international prize of quite extraordinary standing and our Kate Sears book won it. Wow. So massive congrats to you, Kate. We're so Yay. proud of you anyway, like we weren't already enough. But um, massive props, love, and well done. We're missing all our Sanctum people and all our Sanctum community. Keep getting in touch with us on socials. We are there we're not doing anything. I'm only watching Veronica Mars and it's really old. So if I would rather speak to all of you instead. We'll be back next week. We'll continue to keep you company. There's only one thing left to say, ladies. Go, go footy!
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 